Lexus Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 8, season 22. Um, slightly different start to the programme this week, we've got Ryan Champion with us, hello. Hello, Tony Simpson, how are you? I'm okay, thank you very much for asking Ryan Champion. And to be fair, our co-hosts, uh, we've, we've dropped this week because we've got a far more interesting uh, guy joining us this week. You are Hannanin, welcome to Absolute Rally. Thank you, thanks. Listen, uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. We've, we've reached out to you a few times. I'm trust you're, you're safe and well at the moment, the way the world is. Yeah, it's... Uh, honestly, now no, it's finally seems to be a bit better and, uh, and, and hopefully, and as it seems that we are able to do the rallies and it's not, get, it's, I can't say that life is getting normal, back to normal, but at least the rallying is getting better and, and luckily we are able to do some, yeah. some rallies and uh, seems to be quite okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, the way it normally, as I say, we normally, when we get people on like yourself, I, I find your career fascinating because it feels like you've been around forever. And I mean that with the greatest of respect. I, I can't think of you despite of all the other cars that you've driven, but I always, I always see you in an Evo. Um, because I was working, I worked in PWRC probably 13, 14 years ago. So I was doing some of the events working on them. And whenever I think of your name, I always think of you in an Evo. <laughs> okay that's nice to hear yeah uh, yeah it's, that was that was the time you know when when uh when uh i started to get uh help uh help uh people around not not only like uh because until that it was more more like uh, with my family and with my friends and small sponsors but that was the time when i got a help uh, outside and a big uh let's say the financial help i decided to drive rallies out from finland and First, like a better result. First international, uh, let's say, the victories came on those years. And that, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, I went first uh, factory seat with Skoda after driving with Mitsubishi. So those were those were nice years and nice and let's say important rallies for my career. I, I you know what I and, and we before we started recording this, I was convinced that, as I say, Ryan and you had both done the Pirelli together, obviously not in the same car, but competed against one another. What was the what was the thing about coming over to do the Pirelli rally over in the UK? Because I know you did it in a Group N Civic as well, I think, beforehand, and then yeah. you came over with, which is, you know, again, I didn't realise how many rallies you'd done in a Honda Civic as well, but um, what was the Pirelli rally? Why, why was that one that you, you came over to do a couple of times out of all the rallies over in the UK? Yeah, I, I understand that it's it's maybe looked a bit weird, but <laughs> you know that's the time. Uh, it was, if I remember right, it was something like uh, April or something like that. Yeah, it is and always that, been April. That, yeah, yeah, that's the time. You know, in Finland, we don't have any rallies because the, it's it's uh, after uh, it's like a spring time and the road in Finland can't handle after after long winter it, those are all are so soft so basically there were there wasn't any any chances to drive rallies in Finland and at the same time we we looked at okay that's good good rally for the like uh, training or, or keep the keep the driving on for the coming gravel rallies and and uh, finally I, I really liked the state is very nice and at the same time, it was really high level. As we knew that on that time, you know, it was everywhere where you went. 
all the time everywhere the locals were fast and as they were over there so i really tried to fight but uh, with the guys but couldn't couldn't <laughs> match with them was um you know it seems like it, it, for all of us it feels like a lifetime ago now but you know you, you as as you say you were driving group n cars for, for for quite a long time before we get to the exciting super 2000 cars I, group m was a great leveler at the time wasn't it do you, do you kind of feel like we're, we're missing something like that at the moment yeah yeah for sure we are and uh, it was because it was like uh, it was really easy really easy you you were able to drive with the same car in Finnish championship and, and finally the car okay those were expensive but nothing compared nowadays and still in in a world even in a, not depending from the country their national level was high in all countries you had those coupon cars and then at the same time uh, PWRC the level was high and good rallies over there and, and uh, tight fights with, with the guys of for sure, we are missing something like that, and it was it was for the let's say guy as I well, I was on that time without experience. It was easy, easy class, let's say, and easy way to learn rallies and get a, get a experience. Uh, but as well as driving the the Group N car, Juho, you were also driving the the Mitsubishi World Rally car on some events. Uh, that must have been great experience at the time. Yeah, it must be. It was, it was, I remember one good example was because, okay, we all know that was the time when we, uh, like, uh, you have to rent a car from the, from the, it was in, uh, yeah, in the UK in rugby that time, but I don't exactly remember how it went or what was the company. But anyway, we've rented a car from, from there and, and at the same time, for sure, we all know that it was expensive, so, Testing was quite limited because of the budget, and the one good example was 2000, uh, 2007. We first drove uh, in Sweden, uh, Swedish rally with Group N, and straight away, week after, was uh, rally no Norway, and with uh, with this WRC car, and and we didn't have any testing before the rally, and I remember still really well when I, <laughs> when I left the first. First time to shake down. It was my third time when, the, when uh, overall when I uh, drew, driven with the WRC car and I went left to shake down. And even on the straight first pass, even on the straight line, I have to you know back off bit brake down because it was so <laughs> so much faster than the Group N car for last week ago. So that that was maybe a bit unsure on that moment that the house the rally will be because it's it was so. So big, big, massive step comparing Group N car and the uh, WRC car at that time. But anyway, good memories, but not not the easy rallies like this. That uh, different with the cars, but at least I remember those those rallies for a long time. Uh, and then you moved from the you know you uh, as you said you had support, but really private efforts in the Mitsubishi's into the uh, the Skoda team and. You know, Skoda have always had a, a very solid, very professional outfit. How was that moving to Skoda at the time? Uh, yeah, it was my my first first like a factory. So yeah, I didn't know what to expect. You know what was coming and how it's it really really they had for sure like big. It was it, they were were a few years away from the 
business and then came back with the new new car super 2000 so they had a lot of pressure about it and we worked really hard and uh it was for me it was uh, it was good let's say uh, like a learning curve over there i learned a lot on tarmac driving because basically i didn't have a only one or two rallies before I went there, but over there I was able to drive a lot of on tarmac on different kind of surfaces and uh, rallies and uh, countries. So I learned a lot, a lot on those four years and uh, and all the rest, all, all the, everything what comes to the including uh, includes you know for the, as a factory driver or the all the different kind of work. So it was good, let's say good uh, like a school for me. And and some great rallies, some some different rallies. You know, the the IRC at the time took you, you know, to to well all all over to some unusual rallies maybe that um, we wouldn't have seen otherwise. Um, and and great competition at the time with with Mickelson and Meek and Guy Wilkes etc. So there there was great competition in those days. Yeah, it was, and and it was. It was that was the time. You know, rallies were timetables were quite easy and it was not so tight and uh it was it was you know a whole rally week was a bit more relaxed from the timing and it, the atmosphere was really really relaxed and uh, and uh after rallies we had a okay we had a quite good parties and everything <laughs> and, and you know you know all the all the as you said that every all the rallies were really different Really different, and and that's that that was the way that that's why I learned a lot, and it was so like a unique uh, rallies and and the roads were really different, uh, and uh, grip level was changing. It was sometimes really low, really difficult, and that that was the for what I see that I learned a lot on those years. And at, uh, as you mentioned, the level was high. Uh, Meek and Wilkson, uh, Mickelson, Neville. It was really good, uh, really good fights, and, and that was the, that was the, let's say 2009, 10, 11. IRC was really, really good championship. And a couple of rallies that that I, I'll pick out. I mean, you won the the Circuit of Ireland rally. I think that that was 2012, and I looked back. Um, yeah. Now Ireland is uh, is pretty unique, as we all know, in terms of its stages. I mean, firstly, as you said, not not only did you learn tarmac, but you won on tarmac. But but Ireland is its own unique tarmac as well, isn't it? It is, and and and. Uh, but let's say that for us, for for Skoda, it was not so not so big challenge. Okay, not so difficult for us to come into Ireland because. Finally, the, we, 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 if someone, then we knew what the difficult rallies are and what the, what's the, what it means when the tarmac is, uh, let's say, not so high grip and bit, uh, bit ultimate. So in Czech, you have everything that is not the normal. You can't speak. Let's say if you compare Catalonia and Czech, those are quite like opposite. And so we knew what what we what uh, is important from the car setup wise and these things it was easy to come to Ireland. So that helped but at the same time, okay, it's not the easy rally and we had really, really good fight with Mikkelsen. I remember really well it was really equal with him and then finally he made a mistake in the super special and I was able to win. But uh, but still one of one of the rallies which I really let's say respect a lot the winning over there and it was not the easy rally. The dark time we drove in, it was raining really 
tricky at that time and winning that rally. So that was really, really nice, nice result. Now, you've obviously got a good memory for the rallies you've done, like your friend Yari Matti. You really remember the, the, the difficult bits, the good bits, the interesting bits. So I'll ask you about another one from that year because it's, um, well, it's quite, uh, quite poignant at the minute. That was the Croatia rally, which you won that year. So, so tell us a little bit about what we can expect from Croatia very soon. Uh, okay, the location, location this year is a bit different, but that, that time I remember the, uh, level of grip was really low. Honestly, even a bit surprised us when we went to the rally. It was really, really low grip, which made it quite difficult. At, at the same time, quite a lot of uh, pollution on the road and able to cut the corner. So, uh, very, very tricky. And uh, I, I honestly had to, it was not, maybe, maybe the end release wasn't, you know, really, really so top top on that time but I had to do put a lot of effort to win the rally it was a really tricky one I, I'm sorry uh, you know, I'm gonna, I just want to jump back in um, this, uh, if we can just go back to the, 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 the Skoda Super 2 for a second and do you think the Super 2 period the cars were probably at their most level for that category than we've seen ever before because it felt like Peugeot could win, Skoda could win. Obviously, the Fiesta came in, although it wasn't a factory team. Obviously, Proton came in, uh, not quite as fully funded. But did you feel at that period that the cars were a lot more um, even than we'd ever seen before in, in, in you know, a high-end championship like that? Yeah, it was. It was, and uh, yeah, exactly. And and uh, time differences were really small on the stage, and you could. You could, you know, it it was not depending in on a rally. It was changing all the time. Even even one rally, you know, it was it was the peso, pedo, scoda, or, or however. But it was changing a lot, and it was nice for the drivers and for the spectators. And you, there was many many, you know, guys before the rally who could, who was able to win win it. So it was really interesting. And and uh, that okay, and uh, Eurosport made it. Really, they made a really good coverage, live coverage. So, I think that time uh, it was really popular for the driver and for the spectators. If I can ask as well, you know, having gone from driving Group N cars for for, for quite some time, the the driving style of driving a Super Two Thousand car did did that take a little bit of getting used to for you? Because it goes from kind of I suppose protecting the car because it's a Group N car. To just, it looks, those cars look like the driver was pretty much having an all out war with them at times because they seem so aggressive, um, in every sense of the word, you know, obviously having to rev them and things like that. How big a jump or how big a, how did it feel making that change from Group N into, into the Super 2 car with it being so aggressive? No, honestly, it was, it's like, a, because it's, it was my first, like a pure rally car. So everything after Group N felt like, let's say, really, really nice. And it, because it was like a build up for the rally car, it was so much lighter. So it was, for me, it was really, really big pleasure to drive. So even the engine, uh, like, uh, using the engine is completely opposite, opposite comparing Group N. But that wasn't for me at least a big deal because at the same time, 
everything else was so nice and it was so so much more enjoyable to drive because you the, everything the reaction was was so so much better and so much quicker so i really first time i i drove the car was uh, 2000, 2008 uh, we we rented the car to the russia we i did a I, IRC over there with the peso with the corner. So the first time I went to the test and I drove, I said, "Fucking hell!" But it's this is like a this is rally car, you know. The first <laughs> time I first did. then I then I then that time I realized that there's no chance with the group N for these cars cars because it was like a really really a rally car. So for me, it was not it was just a pleasure to have, have the group N car. Did it feel as well, and, and, you know, go, you, you've just talked about obviously Eurosport's involvement and we had, you know, we had more manufacturers, of course, in IRC at that time. Was it nice that obviously there was clearly, you know, paid drives, you weren't necessarily having to go out and find budget and there seemed to be, um, you know, drivers getting paid and there was good seats around and it didn't quite have um the pressure i suppose or maybe it did i don't know you can tell me did it did it feel like it had the pressure of being in wrc uh no no i didn't feel like that i didn't feel like that okay then then maybe maybe when we went to the uh, drive the uh, uh, how, how it was called that time when we drove the was it SWRC? SWRC, yeah. SWRC yeah. it was, so yeah. So that, that time maybe it started to have a little bit more like a, more like a pressure, but in the, in the IRC it was, it was, as I said, it was, it's so, you know, no one, no one didn't take a pressure. It was just a lot of, lot, very relaxed, a lot of fun, and it's a good, uh, uh, how would that relationship with the driver, the team, but that was, that was really good time. Did it, obviously it came to an end uh, at the end of 2012. Was that a decision? Um, I can't quite remember at the time, but obviously Super 2000, you you were there all the way through it, feels like through the highlight of, of it. And then obviously ARC did start to to kind of dip a little bit. I think Peugeot had left at that point or was leaving at that point. And, you know, did it feel it was the time, you, you'd done your time there and that's why you, you started to, to, to start looking towards being in a WRC car at that point? Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, exactly. I was there four years, and then, uh, then, as we spoke earlier, let's say 2010 was maybe my best year when I won the IRC, and then, okay, I won 2011 the SWRC, but still, maybe there. I think the result was slightly better in 2010, and then uh, 2012, I drove only few IRC rallies, and all the rest was this ERC and then after, after that I, I I decided that now it's time to time to look something else that it's not so much to drive not so much to let's say to win anymore and uh, gain I, I saw the what it was over there and uh, time to look something else so that was the that was in a, in a way quite easy decision the the Obviously, you, you did a few events for in an M Sport car. Was was M Sport probably the easiest team to go to because that's you know it's it's one of the smaller teams. It's it's perhaps easier to pick up the phone and just talk to Malcolm and work out a deal. I guess I don't know. Was was M Sport the easier option to to go to at that point for you? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And I think that time, that time I 
more or less the only only one and yes and people uh, people mainly rented a car from there so clearly that was the easiest easiest one but at the same time then it's it wasn't so i thought maybe the step is uh, let's say the smaller and then i could be more competitive over there but uh, finally i wasn't and then uh, then uh, it didn't really suit for my driving style i never wasn't able to you know set up the car for me and then uh, okay at the same time it it was really expensive to do and uh, not they couldn't do so many rallies finally yeah the, the, and i suppose you know bear in mind you you know you did have a tough 2013 doing three rallies with, with, with m sport and the fiesta but how did the, the high-end ideal come about then because you know i suppose at that point you must be feeling you know uh, you, you've just come off the back of winning swrc a couple of years ago you'd won irc you make that big jump it hasn't quite worked and the finances you know a, a, a high to be in a world car so I suppose you know that that opportunity to go to Hyundai was it was it a bit of a surprise for you even at that point? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was, and mainly mainly it was because uh, uh, that that was the time period when they started to like drive first time with uh, with the Hyundai with the WRC car, and uh, there were some some people knowing the people from Skoda, and finally I I got a. I got a like a positive uh, message feedback from test from my testing in Skoda, so that's why it turned up to be the deal with Hyundai and, and uh, mainly mainly that time you know as a test driver. So we we were not sure when I started that am I able to do some rallies in the 14 or not. So just started as a test driver, but then quite soon after that started to talk about few rallies and then finally. Had a six rallies in the in the fourteen. Like, you know, I'm I'm always really really interested when a driver, obviously like yourself, when you take a test driver role like that, having you know you've you've already had a really really good career up until that point. Is taking a test driver role at that point? Are you thinking, okay, well, you know, there's no there's no seats out there, so I'm going to be in a car. I'm going to be getting paid for driving a car. And maybe this is it for me now. Maybe this is what I'm going to be doing, you know, developing cars and things like that. Is that are those thoughts going through your mind at that point? Um, yes, yes. <laughs> you are basically really well, really right with that. At, on that time, there wasn't. I didn't have any any, you know, seats. No, no driving rallies. So that was the that was for me good uh, let's say good opportunity to work with the WRC car and at the same time it was like first team for me as a WRC team uh, okay I had a few rallies year, year earlier with, with Ford but anyway it was like a first time I made a deal not only renting the car so I had a chance to get known the team and uh, to work with them and and Already at that time, it was I, I really liked about the testing. I, I, it was big challenge for me. I wanted to develop the car and work with the testing. So uh, from that point, I didn't feel that it's like a you know downgrade for my career. I, I liked it, and uh, then at the same time, quite finally, quite quite soon, we started to speak about the chance to do some rallies in 14. So it was I was happy with uh, with that, with that deal. 
Did, did, did you used to look after your own cars? Because this is the other thing I always find interesting with drivers that, you know, give good feedback. And, you know, we obviously, you know, you're talking about somebody who was with Toyota with you for a time, Chris Meek. Obviously, we know he's got an engineering degree and things like that. Were you used to working on cars? So is it is it is that the part of it for you? You enjoy the concept of, 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 of developing them because you really understand the car as well? I don't know. I don't know what's the was the maybe maybe also it's i think you know it's uh it's it's many people i'm sure they are able to be a good test driver it's just i think it's a lot of how how you are thinking how you what's your approach for the for the testing is are you able to you know not thinking too much only about coming rally and really detailed setup and how how it should be and these clicks and you if you if you are able to think a little bit, let's say wider, wider uh, range and uh, thinking, not maybe on that like a development point, and not only yourself and not only for really typical specific conditions. So I think that's the that's the that helps a lot, and uh, and that keeps the, let's say the more options open for the for the later on. So, so basically, giving just giving the team a window of of settings that they can offer to the drivers. So you you narrow down that window. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More more or less like that. And then then uh, and also not uh, there's there's one one you know really specific thing. But it seems to be a bit difficult for some some uh, drivers that you know it's good to remember that they are not team is not testing you. That it's you know many times it's it's okay to say that I didn't feel any difference I didn't see any differences but uh, it seems to be very difficult for some drivers I have I have you know seen that uh, and follow that it's if you if you start to say okay maybe and this was doing doing this and this and that and you need to be honest for yourself otherwise it's it's you don't need to drive those tests test, testing so long so long time that's that's clear. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good point you make because um, some drivers do really focus in on having the perfect setup and think they can't drive beyond that, don't they? You know, you hear of drivers, uh, you know, changing clicks every stage, they're changing settings every stage, whatever it is. And, and it's very easy to get drawn into that without looking at the bigger picture of the overall driving, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And, and normally, normally... Uh, it's maybe nine times of ten that if you just if you start to make the you know adjusting in a rally during the rally the result first of all it won't get better and at the same time it already is quite bad the result because if you are confident if you feel well with the car you don't you don't play with the clicks you don't do anything with the car so so normally with the good with the good testing with the good set up on a test you don't need to play at all in a rally and uh, absolutely there is a great message for you know we we have uh, hopefully some of the younger drivers listening to us and listen to our podcast and and like you say i think uh, it's important if you if you have a good car just to drive it and not get too drawn into that but you went back into the uh, the testing role with with the new toyota team at the time and and you were really uh, in at the beginning of the toyota yaris wrc program as we know it now yeah, that was uh, that was uh, really really uh, again a story which I remember for a long time. I was actually, honestly fifteen. I was 
I was already like uh, starting to think that okay, maybe it's done now that uh, with with the rallies, I'm not doing the rallies and uh, start to start to do something else or maybe just working on my on my farm home. Uh, but then uh, then the end of end of fifteen, there were news about uh, the Tommy's getting the project project for the from the Toyota, and I spoke spoke with him and. Uh, he asked that if you would like to come as a test driver, and then okay, I said, why not? But I, I have a thing. And then uh, I think just before Christmas, we we made a deal. I, I will start as a test driver. And then I, I honestly I didn't know Tommy really well. Okay, I have I was have spoken with him a few times, but did, didn't know so well. But then we started to be more and more involved. And then. Uh, Car came. It was like uh, April, April, end of April, first time. Uh, Tommy drove with the car, and then uh, I drove quite soon after that. And then at the same, I think on a little bit before that, we already have made a deal from uh, 17 that I would do the rallies at that time. But still, the 16, I started to drive, and we drove a lot. You know, we basically almost. I would say every second week we were driving somewhere, and the best was that I drove. I remember well, I drove in Portugal, and Tommy, Tommy drove in Finland at the same time, and uh, we spoke with the evening how was it, and we worked a lot, and that was that was really one of my best years in rallies because all team, you know, they made a so lot of work with the car, and no one was counting days and hours, and we worked a lot, and and Tommy was so. Uh, he gave us so free hands that uh, it was really something, you know, in the normal, in the many teams that it's not like that, that as a, if the test driver calls the boss that, hey, we, we need to go to test somewhere, even if we're already in Europe. He told me, yeah, yeah, you go and you, fi- you find the road and you go, that's, you can do it. So that was something that I, <laughs> because in, in the many teams I know that if I have rang like that, the boss, maybe, the feedback or the let's say response would have been completely opposite that you are you are not in you you don't make the plans you are just driving so but it was crazy how how free hands we had and okay that was the Tommy knew that what what is important to get a good car so he he did it and and that led to 17 where you you obviously had a full program in 17 um your results really got better and better through 17 i mean it ultimately ended up being your your last full season how how do you reflect on on 2017 uh it was difficult yeah uh, it was difficult yeah let's say that okay i had a good 16 i drove a lot with the car but still at the same time i i didn't have it was only few rallies in the last few years what I what I had experienced with the WRC. So, but then uh, <laughs> I forgot it. I when I, I started the year from Monte and Sweden, those rallies on. So I was not let's say able to uh, accept for myself that I it, I need it takes some time and I I need to be realistic. But I was just pushing and pushing and trying to get the really good stage times without, you know, understanding or being enough realistic that the guys, they have done the same stages many years in a row. So just, I had to take a little bit risk to match with the, with the guys. And that then came le- many errors I drove out in the many rallies. It was really difficult. And then I started to like restart the season in the summertime. And, and I, you know, 
or the springtime and, and uh, accept that I need to back off a bit with the speed to finish the rallies and get a more like a feeling and, and uh, self-confident and start to build up the game. But um, unfortunately, it was a bit too late with that plan. And uh, so how do you look back on that? Do you, uh, you know, you, you, you had that great year, but do you look back with a little bit of frustration that you didn't get to go again in 18 and, and build on that experience? Or, or are you kind of happy with what you did? No, I can't be really happy with what I did. It was my, just my mistake that they didn't, uh, my approach was quite wrong for the 17. But then uh, when I when I think, you know, when I look back, think it was quite, let's say, easy easy decision for the team. Or it was available, or it wanted to come to the team. So even, let's say, okay, my results would have need to be quite lot, much better what it actually was. And I understand I was not any. I was not the teenager. I was. I. It's not like that. I. I should try one more year to get the experience because okay, for sure, team wanted to have results, and I was not able to deliver those. So uh, finally, it was quite easy decision for the team, and and uh, okay, it took some time for me to <laughs> accept it. But uh, now it's quite soon. I remember well uh, when Tommy said about it, I said, oh, okay, okay, and I said, then I decided that now it's, this is it, as I'm, I'm, I'm out, but then a few weeks later on when Tommy started to speak that what you could do about testing and these things, so finally I, I realized that, okay, I, nice people around me still, so nothing has changed from that side, and the team is still the same, so why not to do what I still like, and uh, do, the, do the testing. And become Yari Massey's co-driver. As well, obviously. <laughs> that's, that's also something which I was not planning so so much beforehand. But it's something you know how how things will happen without knowing and without planning. So that's one of the best examples. So it's it's how yeah it started it started actually from that when uh, it was still seventeen. Uh, end of the year, just before we left the TP rally, and there was one historic rally. And he couldn't, he's like, let's say, this uh, permanent code driver couldn't come there. So he asked, it was a little bit like a joking that you have come, do you can be my code driver? I said, uh, okay, maybe I can. And then we went to the rally and it was actually a lot of fun over there. And uh, and then even it was quite big hangover in the morning, but still it was <laughs> a lot of fun. And then, then uh, we went to 18, started, and then in the some point, Okay, it's when when Oit came to the team and he was really really good from the start, and then Yarimatti was a bit suffering and a bit fighting with the setup, and then he asked my help on a test. So I went and from that side I started to be uh, more with him on a test, helping with the setup wise, and then after that, okay, finally it was only one rally, but uh, in the speed and speed in last year, but good. Good memories from that, and still we are driving with the historic rallies, and still those are a lot of lot of fun with with him and with the Selika. That's that's for sure. I, I was I was hoping last year though that you were going to have a good result in in Sweden because you would have become one of the very few people to have scored world championship points as a driver and a co-driver. I was really hoping that <laughs> yeah. was going to happen for you. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I was hoping also, and and you know what? One thing why why I said Yarimat, okay, I can come with you with, on, on, with the WRC car. We had a plan to drive more rallies. 
because I, I wanted, I knew, I still know that he's one of the fastest, one of the fastest drivers, but I wanted to see that am I able to, am I able to, uh, let's say, uh, bring something for his driving, mainly keep him uh, driving relaxed, because I, I, I have been following with his driving in, uh, in the WRC level for a while, and I know him well, and I know the, what's the, let's say, if I can say main, uh, main uh, thing in the, the potential, it's that uh, his driving is not always so relaxed. So I, I wanted to see that am I able to help him, but unfortunately, Unfortunately, we drove only one rally, so and, and we had a technical issue over there, so couldn't see how it would have ended up. But uh, good memories, anyway. He he did tell us that you you asked him to slow down a little bit at one point in the Salika on one rally. Is that true? He said there was one really fast bit, one really fast bit, and you just said to him, "Don't you don't need to push so hard through here." Yes, yes, yes. That's that's right. <laughs> That's right. That's the that's the thing. You start. You see that you are getting old when you sit in the <laughs> telegram, and you start to think these things. You know that when you go really fast, that what if something happens or break down? What happens? So you on those t- moments you start to realize that you are getting old, and you start to think these because in ten fifteen years ago you didn't care at all. You know what will happen, but now start to think about. And okay, honestly, just let's say with all the respect, uh, all the safety equipments with the Celica, it's, it's a, a little bit historic as well. Yeah, absolutely. How surprised were you when um, Yari Matti kind of hung up the, the overalls for WRC and, and put the suit on to become the team boss? Uh, I was surprised. That's, that's, for, that's clear. Uh, and I think as everyone were, even by himself, he was quite surprised. Everyone were, but at the same time, I'm really, really happy, you know, how he has done it, how he has managed. And, and as I said to him before, before Monte Carlo, and you, you don't need to, you, you, you just be yourself. You don't need to try to be boss. You don't need to try to be, just be yourself. And he has been like that and really, you know, really happy and uh, with the good feeling all the time talking with the people. So he has done it really well, really well. And at the same time, when he's able to be at work doing some rallies with Celica, so I think the, his life is quite well in balance nowadays, luckily. Uh, how is being around? Uh, obviously, you're still you're still involved. Uh, you know, we've 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 got the sublime um, of of a multiple world champion there. Now we've got possibly you know the next young hot shot, and we've got. The amazing, you know, Elvin Evans as well. What's what's it like around the team now with such kind of different levels of ages and and, and experience and and obviously success as well. Mm, uh, I don't know is it how what comes to what and what is uh, caused by what, but now now it feels that the team like uh, team atmosphere is really really good and it's really relaxed. And uh, it's, as I said to Yari Matti, that in, in, in the Rowan name, that it's, it's difficult to find that how it could be more, let's say, more relaxed and more enjoyable in the team. Everyone are, you know, doing their work, but still at the same time laughing and telling the jokes. And, uh, and the drivers, all of them are working really well with the others. There's no, you, you can't see any like a, like a competition in in a bad way. Okay, it's a, 
who held away, but still really honest, and there is no any you know bullshit behind. And it's really, I'm really happy to see how the things are in the team now. Fantastic. Um, so uh, the future for for you, Yuho, co-driving for Yari Matti, testing for Toyota, and doing a bit of work on the farm. Does that sound good? Yeah, at the moment, it's I'm really, really happy how it goes now and what what's what I'm able to do. I'm really happy to work with the Toyota and uh, as I said to my wife, that my only hobby it seems that it's I'm uh, I don't know I, my only hobby is the history rallies nowadays. So <laughs> that's that's what we do with Yuri Matti. But like it's a lot of fun over there and still now soon start to uh, new new car new 22 car project so interesting times coming and uh, working with Katsuta and you know it's I'm really happy what I'm able to do nowadays that must be exciting that would be good to look back on as well you, you you've you've been a test driver in pretty much all the modern will rally cars now yeah and that will be something that maybe you've not maybe not thought about I'm not sure maybe you have but by the time you finish the you know the testing and development for the for the, the new 2022 car if you look back you you'll have gone through pretty much all the modern day world rally cars yeah i have and that's the that's the that's really i'm really happy about it and and you you know even you have seen many cars but still you have seen also some different teams and different way of uh, working, different culture, and it gives you, you know, a little bit, you know, uh, how would I say it, um, you're able to see the things a bit better outside and uh, compare the teams and cultures, and it's, it's, I'm, I'm really glad to see, able to see all these things. Fantastic. You, I, I can't thank you enough for your time. We said we were only going to have you for for 10 minutes, so I apologise because it was just such a great conversation. No, no, so, no, this was nice. No. Uh, so thank you for joining us, and uh, hopefully, maybe when you start doing some more rallies with Yari Matty, we'll get both of <laughs> you on at the same time, and he can tell us. Ah, that's something, that would be something. Let's yeah. do that, <laughs> let's do that, let's do that. Okay. You, thank you so much for joining us at Absolute Rally, folks. We'll be back after this break. Thank you. This is Absolute Rally. Absolute Rally continues to be partnered by the Kielder Works team, who remain fully committed to the sport and are pioneers of the latest technology. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for all forms of competitive action. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. And welcome back to the final section of Absolute Rally. How great was you, Hannan and Wright? It was it was really good to talk to. Um, obviously, an interesting career as well because, uh, well, I guess like a lot of drivers, started off as he said with a family-run team, then got a bit of help, moved up to the WRC, became a factory driver, ended up with a podium in Finland, which actually we didn't get time to touch on. We'll, we'll maybe touch on that if we get him on again. But um, you know, a really interesting career and in, in continuing that with Toyota now. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've got a, a, a we, do you know what? I, I joked about this the other week. We've actually had more emails in. Wow. <laughs> I know we've had more emails in a week than we've had probably in the last two years um, but it kind of follows on a little bit um, with regards to the front wheel drive best front wheel drive thing which um, I think Jack posed uh, and this is from uh, John Ashworth thanks so much John for dropping the message in uh, my favourite front wheel drive car is the Lancia Fulva small, pretty and one on all surfaces a picture of uh, Harry Kalstrom driving a Fulver in a snowy forest has always stayed with me. I've never tracked it down. I probably saw it as a teenager in motoring news in 69 or 70. Um, 
There you go. Best regards, John. Is that the same as a fulvia? Yeah, that's just my pronunciation of it. Right. Okay. Yeah. See what you did there. <laughs> You're being an arse, aren't you? Uh, but uh, that was a factory car, yeah. Factory front-wheel drive car. Seems to remember Marlborough sponsored at one point. Yeah, there you go. Um, I've got two little any other businesses. First one I should have mentioned last week, um, and I didn't, and it was probably more fitting to me. Um, Phil Price passed away, right? Yeah, he did, uh, and, and sad news because uh, you know so many people will have uh, either been to Phil's rally school, will have tested at uh, Phil's venue. Um, you know, he had uh, maybe maybe not um, maybe wasn't a public figure in in rallying as such, but did an awful lot with rallying in the background and helped an awful lot of people. Do you know, if you've ever been to his rally school, then you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, the school the school is, is still, you know, they've got management in and stuff running it now, um, the guys who are running it. But if you go into the clubhouse, whether you remember, you remember this right, but the, the, the gallery of photographs of work teams and top drivers testing their pre-GB, there's just this gallery, it's like a full-size wall, it's like the size of a 40-foot container wall with just images on, uh, and, you know, old school photographs as well, um, you know, that have just been, you know, stapled to the wall or whatever. And it's like a who's who, you know, there is, it's, you know, I know we all talk about obviously, you know, what, what, what John did at uh, Sweet Lamb with people signing the wall and stuff like that. It's a bit like that, but it's actually photographs as opposed to people signing the wall. And it's just fantastic. And Phil, Phil, I tested there for, for, for a good few years, to be honest with you. It was always great that you could pick up the phone and just say to him, look, we're on our way to the Woodpecker rally or whatever it may be. You know, can we drop in on Friday morning? And he'd always find a way. Yeah, fine. Just, 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 just dropping, you know, the crack. Give me a call when you get to the gate. And so accommodating. Um, as you say, very, um, you know, didn't seek limelight or whatever. Proper rally man. You know, you'd, you'd test the car for, for an hour and you'd end up having another hour with Phil just talking rallying and what was going on and stuff like that. And um, unfortunately, I knew he was poorly um, a couple of years ago now, as it works out. And, you know, we didn't obviously get to go there last year to do any testing and, and or, or, or do any shakedown work or whatever before the rally. And um, so I didn't get to see him last year. And, um, yeah, very, very sad news. I wasn't surprised uh, because I knew he was poorly, but still, you know, very, very sad. So, um Thoughts with everybody, as ever, goes without saying, but yeah, proper rally man and, and uh, RIP Phil, RIP, good guy, one of the good guys, mate. So there you go, there you go. Um, I don't know whether you listened right last week to, um, we had the guys on from the Highland Motor Club. Whether you've seen this thing that Trev and I did with regards to them doing the um, um, Snowman Rallyathon, where they did stuff for charity and obviously it went over a few days and stuff like that. Um, and it gave me an idea, which is always dangerous for me at the moment because you've seen what's happened when I have ideas. Sounds ominous. I know. So I had an idea, right? Obviously there's a lot of events not running at the moment and, um, obviously hopefully things that are opening up a little bit. We've just seen today as we record this, the, the opening round of the British Rally Championship is going to be, uh, at Alton Park, a single venue rally. Uh, as an open round of BRC, which has probably divided the, the, the rallying public massively, but um, it's one way of probably, I suppose, guaranteeing that the event will run. But we'll come back to that, right in a second. I had this idea, okay, um, you know, people talk about 
relationships and obviously, you know, reaching out to local communities. We don't, we don't talk about relationships on this podcast. That's a different one. No, no, no. That's another one that we do, but not in our own oh. names. Um, but I'm talking about obviously, um, you know, networking and, and working with the public and obviously local business and stuff like that. And, you know, what the guys were doing uh, at Highland Motor Club, they were raising money and it was going into local food banks and stuff like that, which is an amazing story. And there was a couple of other charities that benefited from it. And I had this idea, if an event that you were going to do wasn't running and there was, say, 100 cars that were going to enter, if those 100 people who were going to enter decided to go, do you know what? I'm not doing the rally. The rally can't run. But. If the local motor club set up a bit of a GoFundMe and we all put a tenner in and that went to the local, the nearest food bank to where that rally was going to run. Is that such a bad thing? That sounds like it would raise an awful lot of money to me. No, I mean, and uh, and that's what, um, you know, and that, that's what maybe the the non uh, rally fans, uh, the people that don't like rallying, forget about what a rally takes to an area, the investment it takes, the you know the hotels, the the restaurants, the pubs, the the, the money that uh, is generated in the area by a rally going there is is huge. It is, um, it is, but but equally, that's what I say. When yeah. it when it doesn't go, and 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 you're right, the charities don't benefit from that. So um, so. That would be a good idea. I like your thinking. It's just that, you know, and listen, you can say it's convoluted. Obviously, it, it is, you know, it's it's PR. It's good PR, you know, but everybody's kind of a winner in it. Um, I don't know whether this has got legs. If you're listening, you're, you're and I know we have people from different motor clubs listening and stuff like that. If I'm off on this, by all means, put me straight. But to me, it wouldn't take a great deal for each one of rallies that maybe are not going to run. So set up a GoFundMe. And if, if I was going to do... If I was scheduled, we all know what rallies we're going to do normally if we're going to go rallying in that year. If that rally didn't run, you know, the cost of a couple of cups of coffee these days, Jesus, you know, 10 quid and 100 crews put 10 quid in. That's a big, big donation that the motor club's going to give to the local community. And it's a good it's a good news story as well. What rallying, even though rallying is not coming there, this is what rallying's done for you. And a, and a great way of promoting motor clubs in the local area which is something that's very very difficult to do at the minute yeah so there you go that's that, that that's that's my idea and that's my gift to you guys if you can take it and run with it go for it go for it so there you go so that that was that was my only the business for this week ryan champion uh, i i was just thinking as you spoke that you know uh the front wheel drive debate best front wheel drive cars did the mini ever come up in this conversation um i don't think it did no you'd, you'd have to argue that was quite a good front wheel drive car even in, even in rallying. Yeah. You see, we've got a Mini, so I should probably, I'm surprised I didn't say it. I could probably get lynched by my missus not saying it because we've got, we've got one tucked away. Um, I admit it probably wouldn't get on very well against a 306 Maxi or a Zara, but that's, um, a, that's a fair point well made. But, but then they, there wasn't many of them around in, in the 60s, was there? No, I guess not. I guess not. Um, you've been lazy this week. You haven't got any other business. So should we, should we just briefly touch upon the fact that the opening round of the British Rally Championship is going to be a circuits event this year. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be a little bit different. Um, I, hey, we've, we've talked about this at length we, when we looked at the, the Monza Rally, what the concept was behind that. We, we touched earlier this uh, season on, on Formula Rally, you know, the, the championship that ran instead of the British Rally Championship in the year of foot and mouth. And, uh, uh, you know, rallying, 
uh, rallying gets a lot of criticism for not changing and for being stuck in its ways but uh, you, you have to do what you have to do in, in difficult times to, to run events and you know certainly in terms of promoting I don't think the British Championship should be a circuit championship in any way, shape, or form. But I'm not against one event on a, you know, on a closed, uh, closed circuit, if you like. I think it's a, it's a good way of promoting the sport. Yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, I'm really open-minded, and I think what what we've got to do right now is, is try and get events to run. And I guess the way things are opening up in the UK right now, it's probably the safest bet to to get your your season started, really. Um, because, you know, we're all hopeful. We've all got our fingers crossed, obviously, for, for Forest events, you know, returning in June. Uh, you know, I desperately wanted to do it. Obviously, we talked about what we're all involved with with regards to supporting the Junior Championship last week on the podcast. But, um, you know, I've still, I'm, I'm still tentative for me. It's still, I'm not entirely sure. So if this is a way we can get things going and at least get events running, then, then, then let's run with it, you know. And, that, and as you say, right, you know, <sighs> Is it such a bad thing to have a you know a completely different event like that put in? No, I I, I don't think it is. I, I think it's 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 hard to argue against the way the world is right now. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, uh, I know already uh, we touched on it off air, but uh, the, there is a, a wider debate around entries and entries that maybe should have, should they have gone to reserves that go to BRC entries. Well, you know, we don't want to get involved in that because we're just uh, uh, debating uh, it been around at the British Championship. And, and like I said, as far as the championship's concerned, I think it's a good thing. And, uh, you know, it's not, not for us to get into a debate of whether it should be around, who should get the entries or not, really. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, right champion that's it for this week you me and you ho done it was good to, good to speak to him and yeah. uh, and obviously nice to chat to you tony simpson yeah 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 you say the sweetest things don't you you say the sweetest things um folks that has been absolute rally for this week we we keep on talking about this we are still working with the guys at keel that with regards to the new competition which is going to be uh, season 23 uh, which we're building towards right now. So we've got a couple of episodes still to come, obviously, of this season before we have our little break, and then we're going to come back with season 23, um, and it will have the new Kielder competition. I can't wait to see what they come up with, right? Because the wheel one, I have to say, was probably one of the best. Well, I reckon it was the best one we've ever done since we started doing Absolute Rally. It, it was pretty good. And we even got celebrity entries, didn't we? We did. But ironically, Yari Matty. Talk about Yarimati and Craig Breen as well, yeah. So, um, so there you go, so there you go. So, now this would be this. This is going to be great. So there you go. But uh, we do appreciate the download and uh, do keep spreading the love and spreading the word and reviews and stuff like that. All do help, believe it or not. So, if you could fill in one of those on iTunes, that would be great. Uh, but we'll be back same time, same place in the podcast hall next week. Absolute Rally, powered by the Keel the Works team. Spread the word and download the podcast every week.